six-pack lap of that real quick off the top. Um, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, FusionMuscle.com. If you're buying yourself any kind of supplements, and of course you are, if you go into the gym, you don't even got to be a powerlifter. I know you go into the gym, you're putting in some work, you're going to be supplementing that, whether it's multivitamins, creatine, pre-workout, protein, whatever you want, they got at FusionMuscle.com. And please, use promo code KOTL25, get yourself 25% off all the supplements dropped off at your house from FusionMuscle.com. And with no further ado, let's get into it. We got the villain. Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? We got the villain himself. <laughs> Alright, who are you waiting on? Everyone else? Yeah, let me take a look where everybody's at. Yeah, I feel for Austin, man. I, um, this, like, timing thing just got me really messed up. All right. Let's get Taylor. Like, add him to the call. Think he's going to wear his medals this time? What's that? You think he's going to wear his medals this time? <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, before he's in here, I'm, I'm going to call it right now. Oh, he's already here. He's already here. Oh, he's got the drop on you. He's got the drop on you. <laughs> he's been here all along. He's like God. He hears everything. Um, that would have been funny, though. Part two. Nah, no medals this time. Hey, how you doing, man? This time? I'm, uh, I'm getting over a cold, so... Uh-oh. Hey, dude, don't expect the big energy. <laughs> hey, uh, congratulations on the uh, on the invite, though. That that's insane. That's awesome. I mean, it'd be kind of weird if you weren't there, but you know, so thank you, man. Damn, hey, what's up, C? What is up, everybody? C is back, what and um, so what was Austin's email that I gotta look up? And this is everybody here is gonna get it. Uh, yeah, let's see. You just want me to say it? It says AJ Perkins 17. AJ Perkins 17. And then uh, at gmail.com. All right. And anybody watching this is going to be all over. I'm sending dick pics and everything. (laughs) (laughs) AJ Perkins 17 Google. I think this is it. If it's not, we're getting a random Austin Perkins added to this. We'll get his input. Yeah, we'll just ask him what he thinks about the 74 battle. <laughs> That's right. He doesn't even watch powerlifting. He's like, I think you guys are great. I, uh... <laughs> there My he man. is. There he is. We got him. We got him. We got him. There he is. Always My late, man. man. Always late. Time zones confused me, so I was like, oh, I'm good. Take a nap. Good. Good. And the next thing you know, I see I blew up the dimension. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I, was like, I thought it was. I, I, yeah, you were shook when I called you that. I was like, oh god. I was like, I thought it was two hours later. I was like, I'm fired. Uh, we've had, man. I've had like some crazy time zones
Brett Gibbs is literally on like another planet. Um, I'm like, how about how about uh, Sunday? He's like, my Sunday or your Sunday? I'm like, oh damn, this is gonna be a whole lot more complicated yeah. than I thought. He's like, man, I'm a day ahead of you. I'm like, holy shit. So it's a, it's, it's like a whole nother deal trying to, you got to plan like way in advance, crunching numbers. Um, so how's everybody feeling, man? This is, listen, let me tell you something. The last time we all got together, we, we, we started a little something, something, didn't we, fellas? We got, um, a lot of it was Ricky, but we got some people, <laughs> we got some people wound up. We got some people, all types of wound up podcast doing podcasts about a podcast. And um, people, we got the chat. We got Orgy hitting me up, messaging me voice messages, not just DMs typing. He was voice messaging me, like, hey, man, I heard that podcast. I was making some spaghetti and, you know, cooking some noodles. I heard my name getting dropped. And he's like, what is up? What did you better get? You better get me on the show. Um, and then, like, a million DMs from just people, you know, just like people who listen to podcasts who weren't necessarily lifters who were like, oh, damn, those fellas went in. But, um, and I remember before, when we were booking this, people were like, I think um, it was actually, it was Pug who was saying, was, I guarantee you this is going to be, this going to be a good podcast. This will be a well-viewed one. It brought the hype. Not only did the podcast bring the hype, but the 74 Kilo Boys, you guys brought a hell of a show. You know? Yeah. There was promises of a show when it came brought. Um, so, what were your guys' feelings after this podcast, first off? Let me get you guys, let's, I want to do a bit of a timeline here, okay? So we'll back it up, and we'll take it um, from, are you, are you crinkling something? Wait, Austin? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I didn't want to say anything, but I was like, who's eating shit out here? <laughs> no, I'm like, who is? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I haven't eaten today. I haven't eaten today. Yeah. No one, no one else did oh, 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 this is sorry, he, he just trying to fill out the weight class. Sorry. He's filling out the weight class. Oh my god. <laughs> but um Jeez. But uh okay. So we'll back it up in terms of storyline, in terms of timelines of this story. Um when that 74 kilo episode dropped, whoa, did you guys get people hitting you up? Did you guys feel yeah <laughs> Boston's face? He's like, oh <laughs> what, yeah. what, what did you guys feel from it? Because we got people all were, I don't know what just happened to Perk, but uh, people were like honestly upset that I didn't know who Gage was. Is I think people thought that you were being like trying to be disrespectful, but you genuinely didn't know who he was. Dude, I had no idea who that who he was. Like, and I I tried to find him at the meet, and I messaged him immediately after, and was like, yo. Like, I'm getting hit up by your fan base, and, like, <laughs> I, I don't know who you are or what, like, you were down on, like, number 15 on the roster when I looked, so, like, yes, you expect me to just know who all these people are? I'm like, Here's the thing, it wasn't... It doesn't work like that. What the joke was is that um, he on social media makes the joke about being ghosted, and whatever. So when you said that, it was more like an ironic, anyone who knows, like his ongoing joke, thought it was funny. But there was, man, he's a 20 years old young guy just coming up. Um, you won't know yeah. anybody. You weren't like, you weren't styling on him or something, trying to be, you know, it wasn't like that. No, it, I know. It, 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 there was I mean, no malintent. No, but in terms of. You don't know him. I mean, it is what it is. But in terms of, I don't mean necessarily that. I mean more about. Um, 
more about like the hype around you guys. I had a lot of people hitting me up like previously before this. We, we've been hyping the 74s. Put it this way. I know previous years, some people are like, do you guys ever post or have people on who are less than 83 kilo? Like these boys aren't getting enough shine. And I was like, hey, man, look, at, I'm just I'm gravitating towards where the big showdowns are, where the big personalities are, and where the cluster of talent pool is. And then leading into this U.S. Raw Nationals, the 74s, by the time the U.S. Raw Nationals rolled around, and that 74, the Kilo Boy uh, episode dropped, people were like, do you ever post anybody besides 74 Kilo? Like, it was a totally different, because we look at it, everybody and their mother was hyped up about the 74 Kilo episode, or, or sorry, uh, show app. And um, I was reposting as much as possible. Had you fellas on in individual episodes, had you fellas on together, we knew this was going to be like probably the hottest in terms of um, competitive like four-way battle. You throw train in there, five-way battle. I mean, Eric um, did his thing as well in terms of deadlifts. Probably the most competitive from top to bottom. Look, we, look, no disrespect to anybody who didn't hit prime time. You had people off prime time smashing huge weights, man. Definitely, definitely, I would say the most competitive. At the top, the 105s was a battle for gold that was, oh my God, right to the end. But in terms of thick, right through, I mean, I, I, the hype we got, people hitting us up and I think this guy's going to win. I think that guy's going to win. Here's how we think the podium. When me and Matt Gary did our preview show, we our podium looked nothing alike. You know, it was it was crazy. Um, so I think more along the lines let that when you guys were flying in and you guys got into Chicago, you know, some people there's that like there's that weight class that everybody's hyped for. And there's every like when it was at the world, 72 kilo women, 83 kilo men, like there were there's weight classes that everyone's hyped for. When you guys got into Chicago and you guys landed. Did you get a feeling, oh shit, everybody's excited to see this battle. You're walking around the lobbies and it's like, oh man. It's, you, feel, you feel the tension because you're in one of those weight classes that everybody's hyped for. Yeah, I'm going to ask you guys, going into primetime, did you see a um, like in your past meets, any meet that's been as big as this one? Because for me personally, like this was my first primetime. I got kind of shook just looking at the audience, seeing how many people there were. Just because at Worlds, last year's Raw Nationals, I feel like the crowd was, um, you know, two or three times the size. Was there a lot of people in the crowd? I didn't, I didn't pay attention. Oh, for real? There, I yeah, I was, I was hyped for that, though. I thought it was just so loud. It was so energetic the entire time. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of how it is. It, it's surprising, but the crowd usually is much bigger than at Worlds. So, but I mean, when, when I'm going out there, I, I don't even hear or see anybody. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. me. Okay, it's me. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I didn't, like, it was like the lights were behind me and everything. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. I was nervous. How about even before, even before you got into that, when you're just in the hotel lobby, and I think it was you, Austin, I took one of your um, Instagram Yeah, Taylor. yeah and you ah. saw Taylor, and you were like, oh, this is real. Like, look at it's one thing for us to all hop on a podcast together and you see each other and we're all talking and there's some like friendly t- trash talk and whatnot. When you showed up and you see each other in the lobbies and people see you together seeing each other and people are like, like you know the hype that we all built together and um, the, the, the social media and everything that has happened. When you're actually together and you start seeing each other in real life and it starts dawning on you, well, this is about to go down. Did it start feeling a little bit? Was it exciting? Was it anxious? Was it a holy smokes? And even, well, I want to get some of you fellas, and then we'll get Taylor, who's been to many nationals, won many national titles, 
if this felt a little different. But how about for you, Michael? How did you feel when you showed up and you start seeing the fellas there and you're like, all right, well, this is real now? Well, I mean, for me, it was definitely a lot more exciting just because, I mean, obviously, I've done meets at every level now. But this year, it was a little bit different because, I mean, like you said, leading up to it, it was there was a lot of hype around it. I knew that everybody, like the whole primetime roster was going to show up. Everybody was going to be strong, um, potentially breaking American records and potentially trying to fight for, you know, that, that those top three positions. So for me, it was kind of surreal, like, for it to finally be here because I've been, like, looking forward to this, this one for a while. So to finally be there, it was really exciting for me personally. And how'd you, how'd you feel... Austin, when you when you landed, you see Taylor, and you're like, oh shit, there it is. And you knew, like I'm moments away. Like like all, all the talking's done. You had you had sat back and watched um the juniors, Ricky and Michael, really put on a show at the in Sweden, back and forth, and they had SVD highlights made of them. You had seen Taylor do what he did, winning best lifter in Sweden, and you're like, I wasn't invited to those parties yet. And when you landed, you're like, I'm at the party now. This is this is all. What was it feeling like realizing I'm about to party? Yeah. I mean, at first I was like I was like intimidated when I saw everybody because like at first I think the first person I saw when I got there was Taylor I think, <laughs> and then I saw uh, I saw uh, I saw Richie I saw Joe and I was like I like I didn't see him but I saw him like I passed by and he was like oh what's up Austin I was like oh, <laughs> I was like. With him. I just kept walking out, and he was like, "What's up, Austin?" I was like, "Oh God!" I was like, "I was like, he's a seventy-four, no." <laughs> I was like, "What Ricky's a one hundred five." Like, bro, man, it was just, it was fun though. At first, I was like, at first, before I got there, I was intimidated, and I was like, "This is my first Raw Nationals," and I thought it was gonna be like, I thought it was gonna be a shit show. Honestly, I was gonna choke, but I think, I think I did real good and stuff like that. When it got to the point where we were warming up and stuff like that, I was feeling that. Like, I know y'all saw me in the back moving around, bro. Like, I couldn't sit still. Like, I was jumping around the warm-up room, running back and forth, up and down the warm-up room. I was like, I was ready. Like, it was exciting, man. Like, I never felt anything like it, honestly. It's, it's got to be difficult um, because, like, there's excitement, which is good, and it, it creates adrenaline. It can also do things like take away your sleep. You know, you don't sleep well. It can also make you expend more energy than you would have liked Maybe by the time death mm-hmm. rolls around. Um, Ricky, when you went in there, knowing, like, you know, the, the heat you brought, you know, you lived up to being the villain. Um, did you feel what was it like mobbing around? Did you see some people and they had some eyes on you, or did you feel any any anything negative, positive, any extra pressure because of the trash talk? Anything different, or or what was it like? Uh, I mean, going into the meet, I was very excited. I um, you know, regardless of how I placed, I wasn't really like too mindful of that, right? As long as I just did better than how I did at Worlds, that's my only concern, right? Um. <laughs> Like going in there, I could definitely see that there were uh, quite a few people that definitely did not like me. Not in terms of like the primetime guys, but just just people in the crowd, man. I'm not sure if you guys heard, but like when I lifted at certain points, I heard booze. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, okay, okay, all right. Like, I'll, I'll take it, whatever. It's not a big deal. But um, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but this is probably the first meet where I have been this excited after competing, right? In terms of just. Like, I don't know, man. I feel like this is like a big stepping stone for powerlifting in terms of I've never seen anything like that in terms of the crowd, um, the setup, everything. So I'm, I'm very excited right now. 
Look at here, here's the worst thing you can have. And I get people all the time being like, why don't why doesn't this weight class get more love or that this federation, this lifter? And um it it I I mean I'm gonna choose my words, but it's kind of about relevance in terms of who wants to get that content and consume the content. The worst thing in the world is to not have people care. So when you hit that stage, it is necessary to have people either cheer, boo, you need villains, you need heroes, you need everyone in between. Some people love a villain and will be cheering like, I love it even more. Um, you know, it's, it's just good to have this range. And I admit, for people that actually boo, usually powerlifting is you just cheer because you don't super care. So you lift it, yay, and I'm cheering, but I don't really care, but I'm cheering just because I think I should. Whereas if people are booing, that tells me they actually give a shit. They're actually buying into the storylines and actually care about that. I want this guy to lose. I want this guy to win. I want this. I want this guy carries himself. I can't wait to see Taylor get knocked off his perch. People care. People care. That's the. Be- that's what you want. You, what you. Here's what you don't want. The the old let's clap and cheer because he hit a lift. I don't really give a shit. But this is what we're doing. You know what I mean? That's the difference. You guys turned a cur- turn a corner on. Taylor, what are you thinking when you landed? You've, you've done many, many nationals at this point. Um, you've seen a lot of people come. A lot of people go a lot of different waves and generations of 74 kilo boys come up. And um, did this one feel different, A? And what were you feeling leading into it in terms of not only did this feel different knowing who you're competing against, but in terms of people actually tuning in and, and actually being excited to watch the battle? Yeah, so when I first got there, it was... It was uh, business as usual. I showed up, I checked in, and kind of just got a feel for the venue. Um, they were just setting up, so I didn't actually get to see like what the venue would look like. Um, but I, the warm-up room, at least, was set up, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is this is legit." Uh, they had like I think they had around like 17 warm-up platforms, like all ER racks. So I was like. They're taking this thing serious. And then I kind of saw the setup for the main stage. Uh, I saw, like, the whole banner at the top with the LED screen. That was the first time I ever experienced that at a, at a meet. So um, it was it was phenomenal. I was, I was hyped. And what Ricky was saying before, like, for the crowd and stuff, I, I hate not lifting in front of – like, I personally – the reason why I didn't like Belarus so much – not just because of Belarus, but uh, the arena itself. We lifted at like, I don't know, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., and there was like no one there. And it was just like, you could hear fucking crickets. So I personally just, I, I feed off of the crowd. And being able to be in that situation and, and have that uh, energy, that's like, it, it was phenomenal. Um, but... Uh, during the competition, I did like I have a I have a good feel as to like I, I feed off of energy, right? That's why I think I love New York City so much. Like I just feel the energy around me, um, and I felt a lot of negative energy uh, towards me and my camp. Essentially, like it was weird. People were like people that used to come up to me before and like give me handshakes and say what's up, like great, good luck. I got none of that this time. Oh, snap. What? Do do you think, then let me ask you a question, because perspective is everything. Since things have changed, um, the IPF points have changed who becomes 
uh, best lifter at Worlds, and now, real quick, you became king, and it's easy to give you daps and hugs and be like, hey, man, there's Taylor. You're king now, not just your weight class. And the attention you get, I mean, the attention, not only, not, not only did that change, but now you're, all your competitors and the supporting cast, it was deep. You have the yeah. of everybody in on this podcast and more, and more. Like, no, the, no, I will, I will say the, my fan base, like my Instagram fan base and people that like pay attention to the, to the sport and actually support me. Um, this is the most love I ever got as well. So don't. I, I want to give you two mixes of this, uh, but like as, in terms of being in the back room, warm up room, where like coaches and lifters are, that's where I felt the most. Like, let me ask you this: What did um, what did Ricky do? What did he do? What did the do? What did you do? It was Ricky. Let's just say Ricky was a, Ricky, uh, Ricky was. Y'all, y'all bullying me. What the heck? <laughs> By the time Ricky was 83 kilo, he was he was bullying you on the warm up room. He was taking the plates. <laughs> the bigger he gets, but um, no, I mean I could see that. And and again, it's like a yin, yin and a yang with it. The bigger you get in terms of like the bigger the sports gets, the more people pay attention. The more it's weird. Do you think it is? I mean, it feels weird when someone asks you. you think people are jealous because you you sound big headed if you say yes. So uh, it's kind of a loaded question. I don't want to put you in a weird space, but. Do you think since, you know, so many people were watching and, and winning Best Lifter and getting so much heat, SBD drops, you know, all these uh, these promos and it's Taylor Atwood's king and who's going to knock him off his perch. They took um, uh, like clips from our uh, podcast and the preview show, you was in it, and it's got you rubbing your hands, all smiles. And I'm like, Taylor Atwood is here to crush dreams and smash hopes. And, <laughs> and you're like smiling that smile. So people... It makes it like, oh, he's so smug. I can't wait for him to lose. The thing is, yeah. it's like, the thing is. Like, this is, I, I, I was listening, I just listened to your podcast because I wanted to get a feel for if, if anything did come up. Um, and you mentioned, and, and I'm, I'm going to call you out on it. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned that like, oh, people may think he's arrogant. And, you know, like, I don't know, if, you, if you're looking at me just since, like, just from a powerlifting on stage presence, um, I can certainly maybe see where I can come off as arrogant. Um, like, but as far as being excited after a lift or smiling, like that's 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 natural. That's who I am, right? And when I'm on the platform, does someone want you to? Is that what we're doing in the no. fucking powerlifting room? Like no, it's like I want I want to give the crowd something that um, they 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 show they, they want to see a show, and I think that's what powerlifting should be as well. I don't think it should just be you lifting and get off the stage. Yeah, I think you should show that emotion. I think it it brings something to the sport, and and like oh I can't wait to see is he gonna get it? He got it. Oh is he gonna do something after? There it is, and then it's like this huge buildup. Yeah. Right, and that's that's what I try to bring, and it's it's not it's natural, like it just happens. I don't force it. It does. It, it, it whatever I do after the lift, that's unplanned. I don't plan on doing that. I tell you right now, don't don't think first. Don't think no two ways about it. Number two, do not change a goddamn thing. And these people, 
if anyone and people message after you drop, man, this is you know how many DMs Kinglets gets. It's not. I wouldn't pay any attention <laughs> to it. I wouldn't pay any attention to it. Right. These are people who don't know you, a. And these are the same people who troll all the time in comments and shit. This is you know. Yeah. But the thing is, you want people to care. Like, let me tell you something. When we were in Sweden and you smashed that third squat, jumped up like six feet, man, you could have dunked that day. And we're like, let's, <laughs> you're, like wow. you're like, let's go, let's go. I mean, I got chills. I got goosebumps. It's like, right, oh, right. like, and that's no lie. And then, um, yes, man, when you're happy and you flash that smile, who gives a shit if anyone takes it any which way, man? Skate with it. Like people who know you know, and those are the people who matter. Anyone else, the bigger, here's what it is. The bigger, and this is like the growing pains of powerlifting, and you guys are the first generation that are going to experience it. Previous to you, nobody gave a shit about powerlifting, so they wouldn't have experienced it. You guys are starting to experience it. The bigger you get, the more opinions will come from people who don't know you, never met you, and never will know you. And it'll be people who never met you say they love you. They don't really love you. Don't let it go to your head. People who say they never met you will say they hate you. They don't really hate you. So don't take it to heart. So don't take yeah. people who say they love you. Let, don't let it go to your head. Don't let people who say they hate you go to your heart. Neither one of it's real. Just just be like, hey, just enjoy the ride, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. I knew there would be, there'd be weird stuff going on. I knew it would be, especially like I knew maybe before you guys did because because um, Kingless is like a media platform, so I get a lot of shit before it happens. And then when you guys showed up there, then you'll kind of get the second wave. <laughs> like, oh, oh, wait, well, there's some stuff going on here. Um, so when you guys were in the warm up room and you knew the battle was about to start. Was it, was it, what was the feelings like? Taylor, I don't think, I'm not sure if you answered this one. Did it feel different? Did it feel a little like, um, like, cause you knew this battle was going to be a little tighter, a little closer contested, or did you just go into game mode and like, it is what it is? Yeah. So leading into the, the actual first attempt, um, you, uh, Matt Gary mentioned it on the podcast. Uh, I did strain my ad after like a week and a half out and I was going into it like truly at that point. I was like, "Damn, now I gotta think, I gotta think about like holy shit. I'm probably gonna get out squatted and Mike potentially can out bench me. So from a subtotal perspective, we're gonna have to do something on deadlifts uh, and be strategic with it. So yeah, it was it was definitely that's tense, something. Man. Yeah, something in the back room where, like, I'm not 100% confident that yeah. we're taking it. Like, it's done. Uh, and I told you guys that leading into the competition. I'm like, look, I'm not going to be surprised if I get out squatting, if I get out bench, or if I get out deadlifted. I, I, I'm not going to be surprised. And it happened, right? Like, it, it, I got out squatted, I got out bench, and I got out deadlifted. So it did, it, it, it happened, uh, but it didn't change our, uh, our end goal. Right. So what was, what was the energy like for you fellas? Did you get any sense of, you know, what was the energy for you guys when you guys warming up before you went in there? And Ricky real quick off the top too, cause I think you're, you're probably the biggest guy here. How did the weight cut go and how were you feeling when you were warming up and getting ready to squat? Oh, it was perfectly fine. Actually, it was probably the easiest uh, weight cut I've done so far, right? Going into um, Worlds, 
I had this thing, even for deadlifts, where my hands would start cramping up. So when I would um, try to grab the bar, it would get stuck. Yeah. Right? And that, that's probably one of the most terrifying things that has ever happened to me in my life. I've been there. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. You're like, damn, like, I can't even hold the bar. Like, I probably can't even lift like 600 off the floor, which is something that's less than my opener for deadlifts, right? Um, but I mean, yeah, it wasn't too bad. I'm planning on lowering my weight a little bit further just because I think, um, it's, you know, it's great. It's, it's amazing lifting as an 80 kg lifter for deadlifts, but it, it comes with a lot of inconsistencies, right? And it's something that I personally can't, uh, gauge. Um, you know, I mean, worlds, I got one out of three on deadlifts this time around. I got three out of three next time. I might be one out of three again, or maybe I'll bomb out. So, um, that's something that I personally like to try to minimize in terms of risk. Mm. And how about you, Austin? I'm going to leave you for last, Michael, because you got a bit of a story. Um, and we'll get into that, but how about you, Austin? How are you feeling going into squats? You're in the warm up room. You see the fellas, the battle's about to go down. Um, how, how did you feel when it was about to start? If you bring yourself back, when you're looking around the room and you see everybody there, you're like, oh shit, here we, here we go. Uh, well, I was uh, I was really excited at first. My warm ups they were, they actually weren't moving as fast as I wanted them to, so I was like kind of nervous at first. But uh, if people don't know, I don't know if y'all know this. Tell you on the other side of the warm up room, but the person that was warming up behind me almost died on squat warming up. I don't know who it was, but he like he was squatting and then he like fell for it, and the bottom of the safety racks caught him. And I was like, oh my gosh! I was like, what's going on? That just okay. freaked me out. Austin, who was it? You have to know. There's only like ten lifters. No, I didn't. I didn't know who it was. Like the only people I know at the meet that name was I know Zach. I know. Y'all, and then I knew uh, Eric. I knew Kevin. Other than that, I knew Lawrence. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. The, it wasn't the. It wasn't Lawrence. It wasn't. Uh, it was. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Yeah, but they he fell, and I was like, I just that just, yeah, that just threw me off, and I was like, oh, my squats aren't moving good. I was like, what if that happens to me, like out there, like on my first <laughs> squat? I was like, oh gosh. And then I was just nervous ever. Then after I got my first squat out of the way, I was fine. It moved like it moved way better than I did when I did. Um, my openers a week out, so all of that first I was real nervous, but after I get that first one out of the way, everything was fine. So it's funny how that happens where um, when you see somebody bail and you're about to go, there's nothing like following that makes you like I don't know what it is. It, 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 it's not in your mind, and then when you see it happen right in front of you, all of a sudden it, now you got to think about it. Yeah. You're like okay, well I'm a little little rattled a little bit. Okay, and, and, yeah. <laughs> like already. Oh, we're just in the warm-up room. We got people bombing. Yeah, I was like, I was like, bro, I don't know about you going to get this opener or not. But, uh, <laughs> That's, I was like, wait, 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 but, but uh, what I want to mention before leaving my mind, thinking of that, like, we were the first session ever, the, the start of the meet, so we didn't have any girl piss on our platform. <laughs> <laughs> is that good? Is that good yeah, or not? Yeah. Thank you. That's a, that's a win, dude. Nah, I, I, I think that's bad. I think that's bad omen. I think you need a little. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know. Look, nothing, nothing against that. If it happens, it happens. I'm just saying. Like I, I had it happen in 2018 uh, nationally. Yeah, just. Really <laughs> like, we didn't have. <laughs> so, so Michael, you had. Leading into this, I'd seen on your Instagram story, um, you got drug tested, and they took like they went fucking vampire on you, Dracula. They took, they took blood, they yeah. took everything, they took your soul, 
and uh, left you, like, did, did everything but robbed you, apparently, in your hotel room, because you were passed <laughs> out in your, I don't know, if that, I don't know if that was USADA or who it was, but you, but you said you were, like, in rough shape afterwards. Tell us about that. Yeah, so before that, I want to go back um, to uh, the week before that, uh, that, that, that Wednesday, it was my last heavy squat single before the trip. Um, some uh, some people know about this, but I didn't really post about it or anything. But I actually I hit six twenty two for my last single, um, and it moved uh, pretty well. Um, I kind of got over height and completely misgrooved on the way up, and so I ended up <laughs> this way on the way up. Do a lunge? You did a lunge. But as I was racking it. Um, we completely missed the wreck on one side and basically had to bail it. And I, I messed my lower back up a little bit and my wrist. Um, it, it wasn't a huge issue. It was, it was gone after a few days, but I just wanted to I throw that in there. But going into um, the week of raw nets, two days out of, I, I had this whole time where I could have gotten OMT, but they choose to come two days out. And I thought it was just going to be um, a pee test because that's normally what it is. But then they say, okay, we're going to take urine and blood. And I was like, blood? What are you talking about? And since it, it was like 8 in the morning, so I hadn't had anything to eat or drink or anything. Obviously, I couldn't prepare for it. Um, but anyway, they they had to stick me like four different times because they couldn't get enough blood from each sample. And so they had to like keep starting the sample over again. So I'm not sure exactly how much was taken. Dude, but, I hate me. Um, this stuff during, is painful, but keep yeah, going. Yeah, but, but during one of them, like, I started to get hot and lightheaded. And so I said, I need to get up for a second to get some air. And I got up, and I tried to, like, walk to my couch, and I fell, like, I fainted, and I busted my chin open. And it, it, it looked, if you would have just looked at like my neck and my shirt, it, it looked like somebody literally sliced my neck open because oh, wow. there was so much blood. Could um, they take? Could they take it from your chin? Say it again. <laughs> could they take the blood from your chin? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they probably there were probably more than enough for them to take it. They took a, they, they put a cut put a cup under your chin. They're like, hold still, young man. Hold still. We got yeah. that one. We got that here. <laughs> Yeah, but they, they finished up afterwards, and then I went and got stitches um, in my chin, so <laughs> my chin was busted up. Um, so, I mean, it, I felt fine. Um, we can get into, like, what happened later on. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll go along with the timeline, but, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but anyway, um, your, your question was uh, going in the squats, how did I feel? Yeah, how would you feel early going in, when you're in the warm-up room and it was about to happen? Yeah, um, I was excited. Like I said, I didn't feel any type of nerves. Um, well, actually, I did. I always feel a little bit anxious uh, before my opening. But other than that, it's it's like normal. Just I'm normally um, during my squat warmups. I'm normally pretty quiet to myself. I just listen to my music and just get in the zone, or whatever. Um, so I was just like chilling, just getting ready. Um, you know, nothing crazy. The usual uh, for me. And, and, um, and there's one part. Right. There's one piece of controversy we got to settle as well. Um, and it came up. It, it was in the comments once. Uh, once the battle began, was uh, if Taylor got unseated for the best hair 
But my man Michael C, who who oh. my man had some waves for days going on. Uh, Taylor, uh, I'm, I'm had, sorry, but, hey, but I, I think I won. Can I say I, something? I the can, I, this time around. can I say something? I got in full on arguments with people, and um, so I posted the question like, who had the better hair? And I think it was Russell who hit me up, and there's a couple dudes who hit me up, but Russell's like, listen to me, my friend. You're a white dude, you don't understand. You know what it takes to get some waves like that? You don't put a little product in there and park this bad boy. That man came proper. The the, the type of work it puts to get those waves going. Then that was like a beautiful ocean on there. Um, I don't know, man. What, what was look at Taylor's face? He's fucking. He, he's he's such a competitor. He doesn't want to lose an inch. He's like no. He's in, he's in denial. He's in denial. That's, like, that's the first step. That in the process. That was the. That was that was when when you're in the warm up room. Taylor looked across and seeing your head. And he's like, "Okay, shots fired. All right, okay. This is, gonna be, <laughs> this is gonna be a tough nationals. This is the first. That was the first. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. This, okay. this is what we're doing. Right. You're gonna style. Yeah, I, you're gonna style. I came ready. Yeah, you can, you're gonna style on me now. All right, okay. Let's let's get the squad. We're ready on the whole day before. I know it. Never had it tied down. I still I still had the marks on, on my on my face on my wig. Listen, listen, I, I'm the pioneer. Y'all boys can take the backseat as usual. Uh, both, both the hair and total. <laughs> oh, man. It's okay. And, I, and I'll, I, I, listen, anyone, if I post, you can post on your story. I'll post on my story. I guarantee I come out ahead. Regardless of if it's 51-49, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's in the conversation anyways. It's debatable now. Um, all right. No, so, but he did. I told you he has he has waves for days without a doubt. Man, I, look at this. This is treading on some some embarrassing shit. But I was we had um between a bunch of like people like insiders will say I don't want to drop names, but there's like a group chat on Facebook. We had like a fantasy pool with the uh, U.S. Raw Nationals. I shit you not, man. People took snapshots and posted inside. I'm like, who's got the better hair? I don't know, man. And it was side by side. It was it was tight race. We got into an ugly debate, and I lost friends that day. So I don't want to go through this again. I don't want to go through this again. But um, so the squats started. You guys are smashing squats, okay? Um, how did you guys feel, Austin? You got Austin and Michael. You guys surprised a lot of people. I don't know if you guys. I don't, I don't know if the comments stay up. In terms of the YouTube, but people were like, "Holy shit! This this was a tight battle right from the start, not like any other years." And, and Taylor could probably attest in terms of previous. Like Taylor's a phenomenal squatter, obviously. I'm stating the obvious, but you guys brought it to him, Austin. You stayed. You said you wanted to stay toe to toe with him in terms of the squats. You said you thought based on training numbers, you would stay toe to toe with him. Um, and we'll get to you for it in a second there, uh, Ricky and Michael, but. How did you feel? Were you paying attention to what he was loading the bar with? And, and was the plan stay toe-to-toe with Taylor while you came in squats? Uh, the plan was, uh, well, we already had my numbers planned out, so I was supposed to squat. I I hit my opener, and it was, what was it, I think, five, it was 585, I think, or, yeah, 270, 270, and the week before, and then my coach was like, we're going to drop it just so we can, you know, conserve energy. So it was, it was I think I went 265, or 260, and then I jumped to uh, 275, and then it was supposed to be whatever I hit last. That was supposed to be my last one, but we didn't think it was going to move that fast. If you ask me, if you want to be completely honest, I think my squat moved the fastest out of everybody. 
But I'm uh, just me. Um, I have plenty of time. I just, I just, I just didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to hurt Taylor's feelings and I squatted. <laughs> and then Michael, I just, I just let Michael do whatever he wanted that That's day. But which I just, I was, trying, we were trying to stay conservative. We just wanted to go nine for nine because we knew if I would have missed like one lift, everything would have changed because everything was so close. One so we were going in. We, yeah, we already had a plan anyway. So it was the plan was to hit six twenty eight. And I did it, so that's that was it. I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna get to you fellas in a second, but um, going nine for nine, you're 100%. This is battle was tight, and you don't want to miss lifts, especially knowing how tight the battle was. So, Ricky, when this, when you were in squats, what were you thinking? What were you like? How were you feeling in squats? Oh man, I um, so I'm not gonna make excuses. I pretty much expected this. And I knew coming into squats that I wasn't going, going to be at 100%. So I just uh, kind of ruled with the punches and took what I could take. Uh, although, on Perkins notes, I do think his squat was the fastest. And at the very least, it was the only one that was death. So. Oh! I'm playing. I'm playing. Here. But hear me out, though. I think, yeah, Perkins, I'm going I'm to put you up a little bit. I think out of everyone, you're probably the one that had the most on every third attempt. Whether it's squat, bench, or deadlifts, so there's that. There's that, and what, how were you feeling, Michael? Because you had an absolutely phenomenal squat day, to say the least. Were you expecting to finish off the squats in first place? Um, I, honestly, I was like, I was expecting to to at the very least match what Taylor did, which that wasn't necessarily the plan to specifically match what what he did. Or to be what he hit, but I knew based based off of how my uh, squat peaks and what I hit for the last week that I would be good for around 290 to 292. So we plan to potentially hit 290 for my third um, if we knew it was absolutely there, um, and we took 287 as a slightly conservative third. So I mean that I wasn't surprised at all by it. And um, and how were you feeling at the end of that? Was what happened to you a couple days earlier starting to creep in yet, or were you still good? You still like the adrenaline was going, you're like, all right, we're good. Um, I felt just a little bit in my legs, in my uh, left, in my left quad, but it wasn't really uh, affecting anything at that point. I, I was still good. I was still like ready, excited. Like I felt really good um, after that third squat. And how were you feeling, Taylor? Now you. Ordinarily, love <laughs> low energy Taylor. <laughs> so, how are you feeling when, for the first time, you actually had there's a smile? How are you feeling when, for the first time in a while, you had some people pushing you on squats? Like, obviously, you know this is a three lift, and you know, like, you know the game plan. You've been around the block. Um, I know your coaching staff has got this thing figured out. But it was still new to look around and be like, oh, shit, okay, I got one young man right beside me, another young man slightly ahead, very, very slightly, but it was a different feel. And um, were you at all paying attention to anyone else? Or were you thinking, you know what, like, it's, I'm not overly fussed about it? So when I injured my adductor, the plan at that point was if we could go three for three and come out healthy, uh, we'll we'll be okay. Um, we'll still be in the driver's seat. So even hitting a so on my first attempt, I think we went like two sixty two and a half. Um, that move was fucking fantastic. 
and didn't have any problems. Um, I was in the back room. I don't know if any of you guys saw it, but I was literally in the corner rubbing fucking Tiger Balm all on my yeah. leg with a heating pad <laughs> in between every attempt. So it, it was there. It just I was waiting for it to for its head to a rear, but. Second attempt came in. I think we went 275, and the 275. That's when I reaggravated it, and I'm like, "Fuck, here we go." But I didn't like. I, I still had my motor patterns were okay, and it moved. It moved fairly well, so we were like, "All right, conservatively, let's go 285." And we we're like, "If we can get 285 in the bag, three for three." Going into bench, we'll be okay. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So 285. Um, and that, honestly, it moved better than I expected. Uh, but, like, what I heard Matt Gary say, and only people that truly watch my squats, uh, I misgrooved the hell out of it. And that was my subconscious just trying to keep me safe um, with the weight on my back. But... Still, I, I hit a PR, 2KG PR from Worlds. Um, going into the meet, we were projecting around 295 to 300. And that was... That would crazy. And that was like, I don't care what anyone else is doing. If we can hit a 295 to 300 KG uh, squat, it's game over. Yeah. That would have been disheartening. It almost is. Look at the ending, you ended up winning anyways, if that would have happened, in terms of viewership, it's better that it's close. It's better, even if you're just behind by a little bit, that the race after squats is so freaking tight. People are going bonkers in the comments. Um, so leading out of the squats, going into bench press, we'll move it a little forward here. Uh, Michael really got a lot of people excited when, it, when we got into the bench press. How were you guys feeling? Now, Ricky, you missed another bench. Right, you're missing the tempo on bench, and you're starting to get a little oh shit. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. What were you thinking there? Because you in a, in, a, in a game that was so tight, and you're thinking I can't miss any lifts if I'm going to end up on this podium. And after bench, you ended up missing two. Were you were you starting to second guess? Were you getting discouraged? How were you feeling about it? I, I mean, I was fine at that point. It, it was already a thirty pound PR from Worlds going into it, so I was I was happy nonetheless. But that being said, though, I felt like I had. Uh, more strength or two and a half to five kg but i'm not sure if this messed you guys up at all but i was looking at myself bench on the uh on the platform yeah. right it was crazy though like i was looking at myself bench and it's slightly delayed too so i held a slightly longer pause and then i started pushing toward the tv right <laughs> and, and then and then i was thinking like what in the world so when i when i missed that lift i went in the back and i was talking to my coach joe um, and I was like, oh, man, like I, I have such a big ego right now. I feel like I should just take it again in the training hall and see if I can actually get it. Just post on Instagram later, just saying whatever, right? But um, you know, I decided against it. Um, but obviously, everyone else did amazing. It didn't seem like it bothered them too much. So that's just something I'll have to work on in the future because I know they're probably gonna stick with that adaptation going into future nationals and other meets. It's it's just gonna get bigger and better. How are you feeling, Austin? Uh, well, <clears throat> the bounce off way. Rich said, um, I, like I was, when I was at Collegians, I had the same problem because they had the plasma screens at Collegian Nationals also. And so I was equipped then 
and they had them at open nationals a month later. So it's like I basically had it. So I know not to look specifically where I usually do up because it'll throw me off. So like I looked like I changed the angle how I looked to make sure. But uh, going into bench though, I was I bench is like a um, to me it's an intermission. So it's like just get through it basically because it's not good right now. But um, I'm really happy though because I had like a I think like a twelve and a half kilo PR I think. So it was like it was real good. I opened up like two and a half keys less than my personal, my me personal best. Oh wow! So I was really, it really made me feel good. It gave me a lot of confidence going into deadlift that I went three for three on bench because I usually don't go three for three on bench. I usually always lift my last bench. So me going three for three on it really like helped me out a lot. Made me feel real good. But yeah, it was really too much. It was alright, you know. I'll get better. I'll bench 400 later, you know, maybe. 400? Well, go. I, when Ben stopped, you were six for six, and things are going well. Like, you had momentum behind you. Um, I know exactly what you mean in terms of um, when bench comes. Sometimes there's a lull in action, not just for the lifters, but for the viewers. Oftentimes, bench, aesthetically watching it, isn't as exciting. However, with the 74-kilo clash... Things got exciting with your bench pressing. You know you're in a good heated competition when the bench press event still has people going crazy. And my man Michael, and this is the segue to you, my friend, had everybody going nuts online. Um, you and Taylor ended up in a bench battle, and you were doing some historic pushing. Now, how do you feel? This is where things got a little funky. Watching it live, and I'll let you say from your angle, watching it live, your 198 flew, and I know me and everybody watching and everyone in the comments are like, Oh, damn. Where is he going to go next? And um, it looked like, I mean, sky was the limit. It looked like there was no slowing down on you. When it came up, two kilo, everyone was A, surprised a two kilo jump seemed very conservative, given how 198 moved. And then B, we knew something was wrong when that two kilo jump broke the bank and you hobbled off, off the platform. So what happened there? When, when, when the bench started, because this is kind of where things started unraveling. It, it, it hit a high, but it started unraveling a little. Um, so we'll start uh, with my opener. Uh, it was 190 kilos, which that that already matched my meat best. And, I mean, I feel great about bench. Like, bench has, has been my lift, but especially this time around. Um I think I could for sure hit 207 to 210 on a day had things gone 100%. Um, so I smoked my opener, um, but then I started to feel uh, some cramping in my hands, something similar to what Ricky was talking about earlier, where I was struggling to keep my hands open. Um, and they, like, like my hands and fingers kept seizing, and then it started to go down on my forearms to my triceps. So basically my whole upper body, I just started to cramp up. So we took a conservative uh, eight kilo jump from my second to 198, which we did that uh, in order to, uh, I can't remember exactly what the rule is, but something about um, when, if you, since it's an American record, if you have the chip on there, uh, then Taylor would have to go an extra two and a half. So you have to ask Matt Gary or somebody about the rule. But anyway, um, Took 198 for the second. It still moved well, but the crimping started to get a lot worse and a lot harder to manage. And so we were, Matt Gary talked about this a little bit on the preview show um, where we, we actually timed out of putting in my third attempt. And that was because we were back there trying to figure out like 
what was I going to do? Cause I'm back there like foam rolling and doing everything I can to try to, you know, get back to normal. And so by that time we couldn't put in uh, the third in time. So they just went up to 200, which obviously that was too much anyway. Um, because at that point I couldn't produce any force with my triceps off my chest. So that's why I got stapled by only two kilos more than what I smoked on my second. So, I mean, I was, I was disappointed, but at the same time, I couldn't be mad at that because that's still, um, an eight kilo bench PR, um, with a lot in the tank. So it was bittersweet for me. Um, at this point, yeah. at this point, everybody's going wild because you hit like American record squat, American record bench press, got a crazy subtotal going, but there was a little concern when that happened on the third. And when you left the platform, you're riding a high because of the subtotal is crazy. It's, it's, you're in the best possible position you could have asked to be in. Okay, you still got deadlifts to go, but you're in a great position. But how did you actually feel? Was it actually like, so, I think something might be wrong? Or were you still like, let's see, something's off, but you still think you're in the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I was starting to get worried because, like I said, it, it started to spread. Um, through my entire upper body, and then it went down to my lower body. Um, but at that moment, I was like, man, I, I got to, like, figure something out. I got to, like, do what I have to do to finish this meet. Even if even if I could only pull my opener, like, I, I wanted to do something. Um, so, I mean, like I said, I'm back there doing everything. I found the foam roller. I found a little um, lacrosse ball or something. I, I was doing everything I could to, to try to get back in it. You're running around with a syringe being like, I need blood. Someone give me some blood. Yeah. Who's, who's type yeah. A? Who's typo? I need you. Stop trying yeah. to get some. So, so, so it just, um, it, it would get better for a couple of minutes, then it would come back even worse. So it was just, it was really frustrating at that moment. And Taylor, how were you feeling? Because you were, you were still consistently piecing together, not missing, smashing your lips, building your subtotal, and you knew in your back pocket you got a hell of a deadlift. Um, we know, like, obviously, you're a three lift specialist. Watching it all go down, how were you feeling in the bench press? <clears throat> so, bench press, the whole prep was going really well. Uh, we opened with one, 182 and a half. Um, and then we went to, or 185, and then we went to 192 and a half. And we saw Mike hit the 198. So we were like, well, if we go 197 and a half, uh, it's only two and a half kgs. It's not a big deal. You're expending a lot of energy. Let's just go with conservative two and a half kg jump to 195 for your third and just get it in the bag. So that was our mindset going in. Now we're sitting pretty with a six for six sum total and not expending too much energy in case we had to pull for the win. Mm -hmm. And you and the fellas you're talking about are the strength guys who were with you in Sweden, been with you for years, so you kind of know. I mean, was this going as planned? You knew there would be certain people hitting big, like subtotals, deadlifts, etc., and just go six for six, like you had said. Um, if somebody surpasses by a few kilo on squat, a few kilo on bench, it's okay, just hold form. Because the big thing is, if you don't, if you lift with ego and you're like, I got to take it all. I need the biggest squat of the day. I need the biggest bench of the day. That's when you overextend. And it's kind of like a, a move that someone with less, less experience might make. You start missing lifts. And they kind of needed you to do that. 
Like the fellas were saying in the preview show, we need to gang up on Taylor and have him have him want to chase. Oh, you squatted this, I'll squat that. Oh, you bench this, I'll bench. I don't want to give anything. And if they can make you fight, if they can make you fight them all at once, oh shit, Taylor's gonna start missing lifts. But if you were like, I'm gonna stay in the pocket, go six for six, by the time Deads rolls around, if you keep the dead there, it starts getting harder and harder, right? Yeah, we didn't want to make uh, deadlifts any harder than they had to be. And just staying in our lane and, and understanding what's at stake, we just stuck with the plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, going to deadlifts, um, there was a, like a shift in momentum, like any good movie. Like any good, like when you're watching and, and watching live, you can feel the shift. My man Ricky, who previously missed his last bench, um, misses misses last squat and his subtotal was falling behind. Then this rolls around and my man now is 80 kilo again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think the people who took Michael's blood injected it in Ricky. Because <laughs> he, he, he was a monster. He came out there and there was a bit of momentum shift there. So when the deadlifts came, Ricky, how were you feeling when the deadlifts came? Amazing. I uh, I want to let people know that going into deadlifts, this was probably one of the first times I ever felt this way, but it kind of felt like I could have pulled anything that I wanted, right? Like, you know, usually when you pull something, you're like, oh, this was a little difficult. I know that, like, I'll probably have 10 kg more. This is like, again, it's like the first time that's ever happened to me, um, especially since Worlds when I went one at three. It was a nice change of pace. But pulling that 701, I, uh, it kind of felt like I didn't know where the upper limit was, and it's very exciting especially after that pull. Um, but obviously in terms of subtotal and ranking, I saw that uh, Perkins was like a solid uh, 10 kg above me at that point. I saw a second deadlift and I was like, damn, that's too easy. Like it'll <laughs> probably hit a lot more. So if he takes um, like a conservative jump, then I'll just do whatever I want. Like what I was planning to do, which is uh, break or get the heaviest deadlift that day and also break the uh, American record. But if it looked like he was trying to overextend slightly, the plan there was to just keep increasing the deadlift until I could break his uh, total by like half kilo or or, uh, one kilo at that point since I already had the uh, open record. Um, And obviously he made a smart jump, which was only 10 kg, and it looked like he smoked it. So I ended up doing what I wanted to do, 701, pulled it. And uh, I mean, I got the record, so it was fun. Went backstage, you're like, load 800. Load it on me. Hey, I'll be honest. So I, I told Joe that I would be open to taking anything upwards of 750. Oh. Um, and and, and, and I, I like I'm not gonna say that I could get 750, but oh. that day was it was a little unique because again I've never felt something like that. Um, maybe it was a crowd, maybe it was a day, uh, but it was probably one of the best deadlift days that I've ever felt all around. Right where I felt like I could have pulled anything. So you know, with that in my mind, I probably would have gone like. Like been a little arrogant and just tried going for like 740. It's a, it's a good thing, Joe. It's a good thing. thing Joe was there. Like I think we'll stay with 701. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was funny though. Uh, even though that 701 was easy, um, that was still like over our prescribed number, right? Um, I wasn't even supposed to be hitting that weight, but I kind of pushed him into it, which was a good call. Because if you were hitting on yourself, you would have been like, "Where's Taylor at? Okay, load it up." 
No, not. <laughs> hey, to be Taylor, I probably would be like a 760, so <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't going to go for that. It doesn't no, matter. No, no, no way. No way, no. Put the full Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try, try to do a flake later a little bit, but there's no chance. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but um, by the time Dennis rolled around, so the feeling in terms of, I mean, I'm just going off the live stream and the comments, though, but did you feel, all right, squats, the booing, they're, they're, there's a little trash talking, and then you miss your third squat. Bench, they're booing. You miss your third bench. When Dennis rolled around, sometimes you feel a crowd turn, and all of a sudden in the comments, when you made your late surge and started smashing lifts, the momentum started changing. Was the crowd starting to get behind you? When you loaded it up, and Gino's announcing an American record, you'd be the first 74 kilo American to pull over 700, and everybody remembers the first. There you go. <laughs> it's um. Did you feel then? All right. I'm starting to get a little, what was the crowd like? What was the energy like then? And when you hit it at the top and you're like, yeah, what's up? You're smack talking. Oh, I mean, it was awesome. I think deadlifts are by far the most energetic the crowd will get. It's definitely the most interesting lift, in my opinion. Uh, and I, I kind of agree with Perkins. I think bench is a little bit of an intermission. Just cause, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not benching like 400, so it's not that important for us anyway at the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, at that point, like, I didn't really hear anyone like talk talk smack. Uh, it was just all the crowd. Everyone was being super loud. It's the last lift of the day, right? Yeah. Uh, well, last successful attempt of the day. Yeah. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean that that's what happens. It, it was it was lit. Like it was probably one of the funnest and best experiences I've had so far in powerlifting. It's, you can win a crowd over. Here's one thing about a live crowd. I've done like um, crowds in terms of, like motivational speaking and shit like that. And um, you can, you could, how it starts off, and sometimes you can get rattled, isn't always the way it's going to finish when you have a crowd with you. You can win a crowd over in all things. And you see it in sports all the time. If you guys watch boxing or MMA, dude comes out, everybody's booing him. By the time he shows a lot of heart and character and, and has a rough start and rallies back and people start identifying with that, and you end off pulling with an American record, first one to pull over 700, oh, and by the way, you snag yourself a bronze medal, end up on the podium, and it's one of those comeback stories. It's hard not to be watching that and be like, all right, okay, that was good. Uh, you got to admit, you know, it's you can feel that shift, and you're almost not a human to be like, all right, that was a good ending. No, absolutely, and not only that, but, you know, I feel like most people understand, like, the circumstances that we're in, right, whether it's, like, smack talking, it's all a joke. So, you know, there's, like, a, a few haters, right, but for the most part, the vast majority of the crowd was just on everyone's side. They didn't really care who who – who was like winning, whatever. They, they were just a fan of power thing in general, which I loved. Yeah. Now, talking about the deadlifts, um, Perkins, when you were in the deadlifts, man, you had, <laughs> dude, you had, talk about showman and winning over the crowd, you were fucking styling on people. Like, you had so much flair. I remember when you, you would hit a deadlift, like with ease, like smash your deadlifts, like, like, step back and unclasp the belt and was like, you were that dude, man. You were that dude that it was, everyone was like, oh my God, you were in your world, in your element. In terms of like, um, the older you get in life, sometimes you're like, I wish I was in the moment, just appreciated and enjoyed the moment. Because this shit comes and goes. And you get all tense and anxiety beforehand because you care. It's a good thing. It means a moment's about to happen. And during it, sometimes you go into autopilot and you don't fully realize what's happening. And then afterwards, you look back and like, Man, I kind of wish I was enjoying the moment a little more because I had how many people online, how many people live, and you look like you were all in that moment. 
I mean, you were you were you were like putting on a show there. How were you in the dentist? Walk us through it because you look like you were totally living it. Yeah, I was. I was having fun, dude. I love deadlifts, bro. It's just, it's just fun. You can you tell. go up there and just lift it. You don't have to. There's no. There's no start command, no squat command. It's like just go up there and do it. So you gotta have fun. So I was in there warming up, and I tell everybody this. I think I've said it on the show before. When I warm up, I warm up foot grip until I usually get the uh, four reds. I get the four reds, and then I stop foot gripping. But I hook gripped almost every single one of my warm ups. So I was feeling good. Like I was like, I'm amazing. It's feeling good. I feel like I felt like what Richie said. I feel like I could pull anything that day, honestly. Like it was it was great. So I went out and I hit my first one. And that was the first time I ever opened up with over two seventy with over two seventy two and a half. I think I pulled what, two seventy five for my opener. And it flew, and I was surprised. I was like, oh, it's, it's Estonia all over again. <laughs> I was like, it's feeling good. Then I get my second deadlift, and I was like, that moved incredibly too fast. And then we get to my last one, and he uh, he asked me, and he was like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to go and put something on, or do you want to play conservative? And you know my coach is uh, Tim Anderson. He won 2008, 2019 Coach of the Year. So he's smart with numbers, like, he knew what all the numbers that I needed to call and what I needed to do and what I could do. And so I hit my last deadlift. And I was really surprised that it moved as fast as it did because last time I pulled like two and a half keys more and I hurt my back and going it. And so this time, like, it flew. And I didn't hurt anything. I felt good after. So I was like, probably could have pulled. I could have pulled more than 320 today. Like, yeah. I was feeling it. Like Ricky said, they wanted you to, to feel that and actually go for it. And like your handler probably was saying, we don't need lick it. Let's see. Yeah. You open that yeah, door. He was like, we don't need it. Yeah. You, like, you open that door. Let's just go down for now. You open that door. Ricky's running through it. You know, he's watching. He's like, yeah, please load it as much as possible. It's one of those, that's why some people, when they're watching, they'll be like, oh, why didn't he go for this or go for that? Because it looked like he had a little more in it. But, um, I mean, all you guys have expert coaching, been around the block, and it's like, it's not about hitting PRs necessarily. When you start getting close to finishing off and totaling, you start looking behind you, in front of you, and if you have to defend your silver, you have to defend gold, you have to defend, you got to start thinking about that. Because if you start lifting with ego and just be like, let's just go for PRs, everybody around you is like, all right, gamble, push your chips to the middle of the table, right? But, um, yeah, I think, I think that I had, honestly, with uh which I said, I agree. Like I had plenty in the tank on everything, so it was like, like we, like you talked about before, like the sky's the limit. Literally, like I still don't know like my cap at all, and I'm like really excited to see where how far it goes. It's quite hashtag no better. caps. Hashtag no caps. No cap. <laughs> hey, like which the future. The future is bright. It's bright. <laughs> so so um. Uh, Michael, so you obviously in the warm-up room, you could say what happened back there, but you you came out and you decided, look, I'm just going to take the bar. It solidifies your bench. It solidifies mm-hmm. your squat uh, records. And if nothing else, look, everybody was, was bummed out that you had to drop out, obviously. But in terms of the future, if we could segue off my man, dude, everybody left there being like, oh, my God. Because we seen your deadlift was all going up in training. Previously, you had said, look, my deadlift is a bit of an Achilles heel when it comes to my three lifts. My subtotal is huge. And, and no doubt, we've seen that. But um, almost because we didn't get to see where the dead was, it leaves so many people guessing. Oh, my God, was he was he capable of 850? Nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. But it, it almost. 
sequels, in terms of a sequel, look, every good movie leaves people wanting more and be like, we demand a sequel. You know, when Perkins is smashing what he's doing, and these and he's people like, man, he looks like he's got way more in the tank, but he's doing what he needs to do. And then people see your subtotal, and then you fall off on the deadlift, and you just you step away without showing you're dead. And everyone had seen how much hard work you've done on your deadlift. And we'd seen what you've been deadlifting and training. And people are like, oh, man, we got to see this young man come back. And then obviously Ricky, who, who did a, a steam through in the terms of the deadlift's first man over 700, and if he could go three for three in squat, if he can go three for three in bench, now you start adding up kilos. It's not the worst thing in the world to have people wanting more. I mean, I think the, the 74 kilo clash at the next U.S. Raw National is going to be absolutely insane, especially considering you guys are all like in your early 20s. My man is just out of his teens, and I can't wrap my head around that. Um, so <laughs> the future looks bright. Um, and I'm dropping tons of puns and wordplay here. Um, but what are you thinking, Michael? What, in terms of how you felt back there, you were telling me it hit in the warm up, and you're like, "That's a wrap. We can't. We can't do it." Yeah. So uh, it was definitely really, really frustrating for me. Uh, really disappointing because going into this one, this is easily the best, the most consistent that my deadlifts have ever been. I posted my last heavy single, uh, which was 290 kilos. Oh, what is happening? Ricky Brown. Yeah. Um, he, he didn't want to hear it. He ain't trying to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't okay. want to hear your excuses, um, see? I don't want to hear your excuses. He bounced. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but anyway, um, this was definitely the best spread as far as Devers is concerned. I posted my last every single of 290 kilos, and I've been saying that people look at that and say, oh, that's all he has for the day. That's My deadlifts work differently than that. Um, it's been consistently pretty much every meet that I've done. I normally get 15 to 20 kilos uh, out of the peak. So the plan was to end around 300 to 305. Um, and potentially, if I could have pulled for, for the win to whatever that had to be, so 307, 310. So, and I even told my coach Marcellus that day, Hey man, I'm I'm feeling good today. We might have to raise my opener up a little bit more. So I mean that was the potential plan there. But going back, like I said, that cramping that I was talking about, it kept getting worse. And so uh, it was time to warm, warm up for deadlifts. So I started with 125 kilos, and as I locked it out, my entire body like seized up, and I dropped the bar and I fell. And it was like somebody just hit an off switch on my entire body. Oh, there's Ricky. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was like somebody hit an off switch on my body and I just fell and I laid there for like 15 minutes because I couldn't move. My legs were literally stiff like this. And thankfully, uh, there were a few people helping me out, uh, trying to get me stretched out and things like that. But man, that was... Like, it, it was really, really painful. Like, if any of you have ever had sleep paralysis, um, or if y'all know what that is, that's basically what it was like, except my whole body was in pain the whole time. And, like, my body temperature was raising. I had to lay my head on a plate just to cool down. Um, can, can, you confirm, yeah, was, can you confirm whether or not Ricky was around your water bottle that day? I'm not helping now, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm dead, like, I thought, I thought that, uh, I was like, when I was talking to my coach, I was like, 
What's wrong with Michael? I was like, oh, he's definitely faking. I was like, he's faking. I was like, nah, he's definitely faking. That would be yeah, yeah. yeah. He's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. I, I was in some real pain back there. And I, I was mad too. Because I was not even just because I could have potentially pulled something for first, but it was it was more so for me about this was the lift that I was the most excited about going into this meet. Like I really wanted to like show how much it's improved because people still talk down on people like oh my oh my he he wouldn't pull anything special okay it's it's, <laughs> like, it's bittersweet pull three fifty out yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is tough because I know it is one of the lifts that in training um, you you were like you were making huge progress and people are excited to see however. <laughs> If nothing else, it does beg for that sequel. And a year from now, your rate of progress is going to be great. Um, so, I mean, all is not lost, but I get you, man. It's, it's got to be tough. At least you got out there. Um, even pulling, I mean, pulling that empty bar was tough for you. It was total stiff-legged and pain, too. So people knew it was bad. But you at least solidified, because you did that, your, your records. If anyone listening doesn't know, you cannot bomb out and, um, and still keep your records. You lose them all. And I've seen Disaster Strike... Maria T, Canada's golden child, in 2016, broke a world record in, in squat, ended up bombing out in deadlifts. Not only is she bombing out of the meat, but loses a world record. That is hard to swallow. So, uh, yeah, it's a good thing you at least got that out the way. Taylor, how about you, my man? So you had been, obviously, in the subtotal. Um, you're, you're pretty much on pace, six for six. The fellas needed you to start missing lifts, and you kept it in the pocket and stayed on point. Um, Michael had a huge subtotal. He'd been working on his dead, but when Michael couldn't make it out, what were you thinking on your end of things? Leading into Dennis, after seeing what Michael was doing, what was the vibe like before you knew Michael was out? <clears throat> so, for me personally, I don't look at any of the numbers, uh, ever. So, I let my coaches do the number crunching and what's necessary. And they ask me how I'm feeling. They ask me what they think I'm capable of. And then we put in our attempt. So I, at that point, like, I, I had no idea what was going on. Now I saw, when I was in my corner, I saw Mike laying down uh, for dead and, like, getting stretched out by Tina. And I was like, what the fuck is Tina doing over there? <laughs> and, uh, you mean Tina Tornado? Yeah, okay. and I was like, "What is she doing over there?" So, uh, I was I was just thrown off. I was like, "I guess he's getting stressed out." I don't know, but I was I didn't pay any mind to it. I was just getting ready for my for my first attempt. Um, so going into deadlifts, I opened up with two ninety five, and given how my attitude was feeling after squat. Um, we're, we're, they asked me if I wanted to potentially lower and I was like no let's, let's stay with 295 I feel okay uh, it doesn't bother me too much uh, when I because I typically go a little wider on my stance um, but I had to bring it in just a little bit more uh, so first attempt moved fairly well 
And then second attempt, we went 307 and a half, and that moved okay. Now, I knew after that, if you see, uh, it didn't, it moved, but it didn't move how it should have. Mm. So I was like, fuck, man, like that didn't move well at all. And how Ricky and Austin were feeling, that's how I was feeling in, uh, at Worlds and at National the year before, and then this meet. I was like, fuck that, that was heavy. Um, <laughs> so I was, I was like, I, but uh, right after my attempt at 307 and a half, I was just going to jump up to 312 and a half and call it a day. And they were like, well, you know what's on the line, right? And I was like, wait, do we have it locked up right now? And I was, they were like, yeah, you're, you're the winner. So I was like, all right. Let's go 320 to get that for the 800k D total. And uh, you, Ryan, you were the first person that I sent the 318 to. Yeah, uh, that was that was two weeks out. I kept it to myself, didn't I, Jim? <laughs> you did. It. I appreciate you. <laughs> I was uh, tempted to repost that though. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of a dick would I be so, if I reposted? Two weeks out, two weeks out before the adductor strain, um, I sent, I hit 318 in the gym, uh, felt great. That was after a full SVD session, and I was like, dude. And typically, my the way that my deadlift tapers, I'm like, I'm gonna pull something ridiculous on on meet day. So I sent it immediately to, because this was right after our uh, podcast, fellas, and. I was like, yo, <laughs> I know these guys think that they're going to beat me, uh, but the way that I pulled this and typically how I taper, I was like, these guys, got, they don't have a chance. So, <laughs> I, and I, I sent it to, I sent it to, to Ryan, and he can, he can vouch for me. Um, <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and I'm, and I'm like, as soon as I, I strain my adductor, I'm like, dude, fuck me. Like, it doesn't hurt too much um, on deadlift, but it hurts just enough to where I can't go my full stance. So going into my third deadlift and the way that my second deadlift moved, I was like, 320 could be there. It might not be, uh, but fuck it, let's try it anyway, because 800 kg, right? Mm. So, um, yeah, it, like... I was like, uh, it, it, the way 307 and a half moves, 12 and a half kg, I was like, I feel confident. I, I, there's about a 70-30 chance that uh, I get this. So I, I like the odds, um, but when I got out there, I started, it broke the ground, it got to like my bottom of my knee, and then, like, my right chest just caved in, and it cramped up, and I was like, ah, fuck it, and I dropped it, um, and it wasn't there, so. It, it makes a difference, though. Here's the thing. When you asked um, Jason and Ben, when you said, like, where are we at? Are we locked up? And they're like, you're locked, the, the gold's locked up. That's good and bad, right? Because, obviously, you want confirmation if you're like, all right, let's YOLO or not. That's an obvious question you want to ask. However... If it wasn't locked up and it was like, nah, man, you need, you need this. We loaded the bar with the win. That's a whole nother, like, everyone's been in competitions where if you need it or if it's like, yeah, let's go yellow and have some fun. 
it's different, right? Like when like Ricky's pulling for bronze or whatever's happening, it's different when you need something and you have that adrenaline like, holy shit, man. And you're pacing and like, I want this, I need this. You start having that internal dialogue, start going back to the people back home and whatever the hell speech that your high school coach gave you, whatever it is that we all do, right? Um, but when it's just kind of like, you you got an abductor issue going on and you don't really need it and you start pulling and something goes a little off. It's a lot tougher to hit those big numbers. Is it, you know what I mean? Where, um, but it, it is what it is. Like I'm glad you went for it because 800. We're, we're all waiting still for that 800. We're getting close now. So looking at the future, okay, and not just you, Austin. I mean literally the future, okay. <laughs> what do you guys see happening here? Because honestly, if this was the ultimate preview. I mean, I think you guys gave uh, 2020 is going to be absolutely fire. You guys are definitely, it's it's not even just you. I mean, you got Tran, who didn't have the greatest of days, but, I mean, he's just off the podium. Um, Eric also had a monster deadlift, and and he was just off the podium. Like, these these fellas, 1 through 10, no joke, 1 through 10, it's pretty stacked. What do you guys think the future looks like in 2020? We'll talk about the SPD invitation on the hot minute, because it's pretty cool that, I mean, it... How you guys feel about your man representing the 74 kilo boys? I mean, if, if someone in the 74 kilo class wins it, it only brings more light when you guys go head to head with them from here on out. And you know this. When you guys have like a guy out there representing like that, it, it means something. You need guys like that in your weight class. But let's hold that for a second. Let's just talk about yourselves. How do you guys see 2020 going after tasting what you had? Who wants to go first? Ricky, how about you go? Oh, okay, no, Michael Ricks. Nah, I was just wanted to say that, Taylor, I'm beating you to the 800 KP total Whoa, in March. Wow! Is so, that right? Because well, look at Taylor's face. You know what? Low, low energy Taylor is actually a pretty funny Taylor now. He gets the dead reactions. He's, he's usually all smiles when he's tired. But... So are you competing before March? <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it's a little, it's the energy, but it's also like, man, look, everything was in your control at Nationals, and even the weight cut, right? Like, weight cut is in your control. <laughs> like, I can't, I, I, I'm glad that nothing seriously happened to you, like, truly. I was like, dude, you could have went into fucking cardiac arrest had you not done this. Yeah like something proper and I'm truly grateful nothing serious happened. Um, but like everything factors into a powerlifting me. Weight cut, nutrition, training, it's it's, it's a part of the game part of the game. And it like I'd be lying if I said that I don't I don't feel bad in that sense. Right? Um, are you gonna beat me to an eight hundred KG total? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, is it on the horizon? Hell yeah. Like, you, you certainly have it. Um, but had I been listening to March 8th, I would have beat you to it. Because I got to look at 28. But no, like, like, if you get it, man, like, it, it just brings more uh, heat to the 74 kilogram class. And I, I, I like that. Like, keep it going. And it's actually going to make my storyline even better for the Sheffields because now everyone's going to be tuning in to see if I beat it. Well, it's the truth. And that's the truth. Yeah. You, you guys yeah. need each other. And, and we, we, oh, mm-hmm. he went out for a second. 
I, I was going to say, um, with that, you know, like with the whole thing, obviously, that was uh, in my control. And I'm not, like, uh, using that as an excuse or, like, calling for sympathy from anybody or anything like that. But it did happen, so... But, however, however, those guys that went to your hotel room, I'm pretty sure were in Ricky's control. And having said that, (laughs) (laughs) that's the conspiracy storyline. I'm not going to let that. Those gentlemen did not show you ID. Those are Ricky's boys, and they got you, man. He's whatever you in. Be careful. When we got drug tested after the meet, so. (laughs) That's right. When you got tested after the meet, you're like, Two days, every two days, they're like, what are you talking about? We didn't test you two days ago. That's where that Kaiser Sose ending comes in, and Ricky's like, <laughs> <laughs> the villain strikes again. The villain strikes again. What are you uh, thinking, Ricky? Um, and I'm going to get to you in a second, Austin, but what are you, what are you thinking about the future 2020? What do you expect? Uh, for the guys or for myself? Uh, as a whole, for yourself and, and 74 Kilo Boys and all. As a whole, I uh, I personally won't be competing seriously uh, for the next, until next year's uh, Raw Nationals. But my goals for the future right now are um, to get the untested deadlift record, right? Uh, I'll be competing in a different federation for once. And for these guys, um, I'm going to be 100% honest. I don't think anyone's going to get the 800 kg total until next year. I don't think it's going to happen in March. I don't think, and, and like, and this isn't like a diss or anything, just being 100% realistic. I think uh, Michael and Taylor are obviously the closest, but they have their uh, own problems when it comes to lifting, right? For Michael, I think he tends to gas out just a little bit early. And again, none of this is like just calling you guys out. I'm just analyzing it from my point of view. And then for someone like Taylor, um, I see that, you know, this is like the first meet that he's ever been challenged. And this is probably the first meet that he hasn't PR on his total, right? So to me, that that's saying something, right? Whether it's like we're actually putting pressure on him or, you know, the progress will be slowing down. Uh, I, went, I went for the gusto on the third. Oh, you, you asked, oh, so you, you would have PR? Absolutely. I, I 100% agree. It, it could have been 795. But you, you didn't, though. So that's, like, just looking at it from this point of view, I feel like 800, um, you, you two are by far the closest, but uh, I'm not sure if it's going to happen by But you March. have to think of it from this perspective, right? Like, I'm going into this meet, and I don't give a shit about an 800 kg total. What I care about is... It's winning. That's, 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 that's what I was going to say about my part. I don't think... I'm I don't not, think push, like, no, go ahead, Austin. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that T- Taylor or Michael will get either, but not because of, like, what they have, but it's like, Michael's going to Arnold and trying to hit it right, and you want to win, you want that money, so if that if it comes down to that point where there's no point in me trying to reach 800 kg total, total when a winning is on the line, an 800 kg total will come sooner than later, it's going to come, we all know it, I think that it's going to be more than, more than three, because I'm going to do it too, 800 kg total, next Raw National. So I think it's going to be, that's going to be the podium. The podium is going to be 800 kg. Yeah, absolutely. But Perk, hear me out, though. These guys are going to two separate meets. One's not going to Arnold. One's not going to Sheffield. So in terms of winning, right, I think, right, I mean, like, Taylor, you're 20 IPF points above the next guy, right? That It's going to be fairly hard to catch up. And 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 honestly, you'll probably, you, you both will probably know if you're winning by your first deadlift attempts. 
right? Whether it's Arnold for 74, Sheffield for IPM points, right? So to say that you guys aren't shooting for 800 KG total is like, fine, that's not your goal. That's not your priority. But when you know that you have the win, you're probably going to go for it. Like, just like you did for Ron Ashville this year. Fair. Fair. But, but, but well, I guess only time will tell, though. I mean, we'll have to fast forward. Because um, Taylor's been super close. It won't. It, it all depends. Here's the thing with powerlifting, too. you got to be 100% that you hit that 800. In Sweden, Taylor was all, all cylinders firing. Um, I mean, just any kind of pull or any kind, anything injury-wise, that 800 is going to be real tough to hit. What about Raw Nationals next year? How hyped are you guys for that? And Taylor, are you looking at this like, oh, damn, these fellas are catching up? What do you fellas say? Who wants to go first? Who wants to go first? Because this is, look, this is, it's never let me, more, let me go first. Let's let Austin go first. Let's, let's and I'm going to go first. <laughs> All right, so I think, like I said before, I think that I think it's going to be, like, everybody on the podium is going to have to have an 800 kg total to, like, for it to be big, because Michael is almost there, and Taylor is the closest, of course. But I'm like, what, 40 keys away? And I think I can make up 40 keys in a year. So that's I'm, – I'm pretty sure. That's not fake. It's just, it's just keys. They're just numbers. They're just numbers, literally. So you think it, Taylor? Why were you laughing at You think 40 keys in a year? No, or what do you think? Was that me, or – that was you, yeah, because you laughed when he said yeah. 40 keys. Do you think in top end it'll slow down, or, or what do you think? Well, I mean, I'll be right back, guys. I need to go get my, my laptop charger. <laughs> His, uh, listen, like, he's 20 years old, and, and anything is possible. Um, but 40 kgs within, I guess, what would it be, 10 months? Well, no, it would be roughly a year. Um, I just I don't know. I, what what? I, honestly, how much are you gonna put on your squat and deadlift? Really can, can, can I defend something for you, Austin? Go ahead. So, uh, Austin, actually, everyone here, outside of oh, including Taylor, actually, has put on at least forty keys on their total every year, right? And and we've been lifting for two years or more, right? Austin has it just just came the raw. I increased my total by forty keys while going seven for nine in three months, right? I, I actually totaled seven hundred kg. Like going, yeah, but you're starting from a lower base. You're starting from a lower I, base. Understandable, understandable, but it's consistent. You, you don't see any drop. It's been forty kg per year, right? Whereas if it was starting from a very very low base, let's say six hundred kg, you would see a little bit of a taper. Right? And that's and honestly, truthfully, it's probably going to slow down. You're absolutely right. But at the time being, there is no evidence that's showing that any one of us four is slowing down, uh, at least for the time being. And especially Austin being 20, just coming into uh, raw lifting. And um, I'm pretty sure you totaled more. Well, uh, you increased it by like 20 kg between the span of the world. Yeah. And like I said, I, I think he's the one guy here. Uh, that has more potential on all three lists when it came to this year's Raw Nationals. And hey, don't forget, I'm eating this meat too. I still haven't. I'm still trying to work on that, bro. I'm working on it. I swear I am. Hey, you know what's funny? I've actually seen people like eat. So again, this isn't a see. I feel like I've been up and eating the entire time. People can eat into meats, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get stronger. Like for for me, for example, I feel like if I ate up to 83, right, compete at 83. 
it would take me at least like two to three years to just be considered competitive, right? Like if, if Taylor went to, uh, Taylor's a different story, but if you went up to 83, right, you would probably, like, it's not going to match up in terms of games linearly. <laughs> it, so what, what are you guys thinking in terms of uh, next year's, like, is there anybody else that you saw that was outside of this four? And I'm glad, look at you guys are such a thick division. It was super tight in terms of picking. But in next year's Worlds, I don't know how it's shaking up with who's still a junior, who's going to make the world team, can we send two people, um, and who plans on going. Just to clarify, looking at Belarus, because some people are saying they're not going in a lot of the different weight classes. And some of you guys are still juniors. Who's going to be at the world championships in Belarus? It wouldn't be me, right? Y'all two got it out, didn't y'all? Yeah, I mean, you got, you got first. <laughs> yeah, it would yeah. Uh, yeah, be me, and if we did take two people again, it would be Kevin. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. more than likely it would be two again. But I probably, I probably won't take it, though. I'm, if, if Midland wins uh, Collegiate, I'll probably go to Dubai for the University Cup, honestly. Well, would you not want to go just because uh, the Sheffield's going to be a yearly thing? Yeah. No, it's just, it's, oh, uh, yeah, but... Because I, I feel like that's the one reason why I was chosen the alternate. Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, the Sheffield is only going to be for open, though. Ah, uh, I know, yeah. Would you, yeah. Uh, would they take two, is it possible, because I know the way the team selection, some weight classes will take two lifters. And I don't know how it all shakes up. I think I should, probably should have asked Matt Gary. But does it look like they might be taking 272s in the open or no? 274? 274s, I meant to say. Because Russ isn't going, uh, right? Russ isn't going to uh, Belarus. Russ right? isn't going. So there, there's, uh, I, think I think there, I think there's a good chance they could. I think you will too. Yeah. Absolutely. So, moment. <laughs> it's like Austin. It's like, well, well, well. What do we have here? <laughs> you like, like, well, that, 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 that open spot. <laughs> you might be unless. <laughs> <laughs> but realistically, uh, Open's going to be Taylor, and then if you decide to go to Junior, uh, you'd be the Junior selection, and then if there is an alternate, considering um, the 74ers had like, the highest IPF points out of like all the guys, uh, regardless of weight classes, you if you were chosen as an alternate, uh, you'd probably go as both the Junior Open, or if you don't want to compete both days, then um, I would be chosen as an alternate for Open. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, it looks like you've been thinking about this, Ricky. I actually, honestly, like, I wanted to mention this. Uh, how many of you guys think, outside of Taylor, like, uh, think the Sheffield should have been based on, like, uh, the formula? Was it, was it not based on the formula? No, it's not. Which formula? What's the formula? The, the, the IPF formula. Just because I saw how competitive we were in the 74 and how much uh, how, how people were just attracted to our story. It, it was. It was. That was a that was another criteria. You had to have seven hundred IPF points. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, like, I I mentioned this on my story. I think the Sheffield is just going to be between three people. I think what Ricky's saying is, um, you have to win the world championship in your weight class and have seven hundred IPF points. So what I think what Ricky's saying is, what if all right, I didn't win the worlds. But I went, came in second behind Taylor, who not only won, oh, by the way, also got best lifter and beat everybody else. Could I, yeah. you know, so, so I that's what he was that, that's a, Okay, so let's clarify here. Uh, after talking to Pete, 
things, right, about the Sheffield. Um, it's not just about uh, – you have to have multiple people from multiple nations going to this. It's, a, it's an international meet. It's not just um, – god damn it, people keep calling uh, is that ESPN, man? Who is that? Is that your agent? <laughs> it's, it's, but it's, a, it's, an, it's an international meet, um, and they want every nation represented. So it couldn't have just been a North America or U.S. meet. So we already have four representatives from the U.S. already, and they didn't want to bring any more U.S. Uh, lifters because then it just turns into another raw national that we want to watch. Who wants to watch another Raw National? Yeah, I mean, I understand your point, but this is where that meet is inherently flawed. We already have a world competition between nations, right? For something with, like, considerably the uh, the biggest prize pool in powerlifting, and to just but give they're it... Basic, but they're basing it off of world championship, right? Like, who is at the world championship putting up numbers? Is it from last year's Worlds or the this, this, world this, past, this past year world? I know, but then, like I said, there is a world competition, but why invite people that have absolutely no chance in winning? Right? That just that makes it less interesting. And if there's only three people in contention for first, right? Let's say one person like uh, has an injury or something. It just makes it less and less interesting. Right? When C, uh, C got injured right before deadlifts, Right, that made the hype for uh, for deadlifts considerably lower until people start putting up heavier weight. Right, and I think the same thing's going to happen. And if you're if you're pursuing popularity and powerlifting, I feel you should go based on what makes it the most competitive, rather than just letting someone in because oh, we don't have this many people from this nation. I got you. I think I know what you're saying. What you're saying is, um, in terms of like amateur sport, like the Olympics where every nation is represented and it's equal, dispersed throughout the world. We have that, and we have it at the Worlds, and the IPF Worlds is probably the biggest. Whereas this is more cash prize professional sport, so not amateur sport like the Olympics, more professional sport where if you're from all one nation or it's a monopoly or whatever, um, Mm -hmm. not really the big choice. It's just we just care who's the best facing the best for the biggest prize, and we care not to spread it out. So... I, I get what you're saying, and and you're saying um, if we're going in that route of viewership, want to get on ESPN, etc., maybe that's something to consider. And it's look, it's an argument in terms of we'll have to see how Sheffield. This is year one as well. I think mm. I think they're looking at it. They have, I mean, we're not behind the scenes, so they have partners. They're partnering with the IPF, and they're talking to. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the background. You have to, you know, take a lot of a lot of people's considerations in mind, and it's. You know, there's always more to it. And it is still year one as well. So we'll see how year one shakes up. If it's a battle and, and some and it's drama, or if it's a runaway victory, then there's not as much drama. My man. Yeah, all right. So that when it comes to placing for it, right, it goes by IPF points, correct? Correct. Once you're in it. So, well, so, I don't, it's, so there's two criteria. There's two. There's the total. So anyone who has the highest total, but then it's also based on IPF points. Oh, okay, okay. And that's what I was about to say because I was like, that makes no sense because IPF points favors what 83s and 74s a lot. So it was like, even if if I love Ray, Ray's from where I'm from. Like, I love him. He's one of my favorite pilots. His IPF points are not going to be anywhere near yours. 
So I was but, like, right. that, but that, it, that, would, that point would make no sense of him going. No, even if he hits, uh, even if he hits a, a thousand pound squat, and he had, and he hits a what, uh, eight hundred deadlift, nine hundred deadlift, and his total way higher than the IPF points, you can still have a bad beat Taylor still. Yeah, someone someone did the calculation. He needed like a thirteen hundred or fourteen hundred kg total to beat me. That's insane. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so that, that's what I was thinking. I was like, that makes no sense either. I mean, they're, they're setting you up to win. That's so where, even if you have a bad knee. <laughs> that's where Taylor's got to be like, all I'm hearing are excuses coming out of race camp. <laughs> you, just, you, you know, you, you just show up. That's <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, like, you go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. At the SPD Invitational, though, so qualifying, you got to win. Obviously, worlds, you win worlds off your total, and then hit 700 IPF points. Except for Jezza, everybody who won the world title is going to be over uh, those IPF points. That's why Jezza's not going, by the way. So once you get there, though, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm going to ask the SPD Invitational, I'll ask um, you know Peter Spence, but once you're already there, is it not just IPF points, if I'm not mistaken? Because you can't really give you, because you're the only one in your weight class. So it matters not what you total. In terms of winning your weight class, you're the only one in it. So... Some people won't even go in their weight class. Some people will be like, for instance, Taylor, who let's say he's pushed and he's like, I can make 74 kilo. As a matter of fact, I can make 73 kilo. Um, so I might as well drop the 73 kilo if I can do it comfortably just to inflate my IPF points. Why not? If, if I feel the same as 73 as I do 74, I'm going to do it. Or flip side, let's say somebody like Ricky makes it. He would be like, oh, I don't have to kill myself to make 74. I'll come in 76, still light enough, my idea points are good, but I'll, that was two kilo, I'm gonna feel a million times better. So some people might not even be in their weight classes. They might, because you, if you break a world record, well, you, you still get paid. Yeah, you, wanna, you definitely wanna do your weight class if you're close to breaking world records, because, so there's tiers to getting paid, right? So your first tier, the one through six for IPF points and highest total. Right, those are the those. That's the payout. So it'll be like twelve point five k for first place, down to like five hundred British pounds. So it is high total place. as well. It is high. So Ray will collect a check. Conceivably. So if, yeah, if you're if you're trying to maximize the amount of money that you're trying to win at the meet, you want to break world records. So mm. break the squat, bench, deadlift, and total. And you have to do it in whatever weight class that is. So they're giving out uh, payments for whatever breaks records, right? But oh, what if you break more than one record? Like in the like in the in the lift, you get. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Do I get paid? Do I get paid twice? Yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's a good fucking question. Oh, I'm gonna ask. I mean, I that up. All you gotta do is just keep chipping. Two percent, two percent. Right? Yeah, yeah. What the heck? Dude, you mean <laughs> exactly. give me that? Give me that chip. Listen, give me that. <laughs> it's not easy. We need all the chips. <laughs> give me all the chips. Dude, um, that's where if you're somebody who's like, look, I don't think I'm in the running for winning this, but I'm right close to world records. Every single squad is gonna be chip, chip, chip. And I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna be eating. I'm opening up with the world record now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care about that medal. Just give me the money. That's right. Because you're like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna IPF my points my way into it. But I'm gonna eat all these chips up. Who knows the way it shakes up? It's gonna be interesting. In terms of crowning yeah. the winner, so the highest total probably gets a check, but the winner is IPF points, right? Well, you said uh, 12.5, right? 
there's two there's two winners or winners, right? So you can have the ITF points or the highest total, and you're still going to get paid that twelve point five k. So when they so when they crown a winner, it's not. So we got two winners. Yeah, there's no like overall Sheffield winner. Hmm. Interesting. I kind of like that. In, ter- in terms of in terms of payout. In terms of payout, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're getting paid. You're getting paid for it though, so it's like it's not. I, I know, like, I know, but like I thought that the assumption to be a massive price. Well, I was thinking that Taylor would come home with like 100k, right? Well, and well, you can potentially do that, right? But in real in reality, it's not going to happen. No, absolutely. Like you're not going to total more than a ring or not any that, other. Like, any, anyone above you, you're not going to total uh, in terms of weight, right? You speak blasphemy, exactly. sir. You speak blasphemy, sir. <laughs> I mean, hey, Ryan, I, I remember in your last, uh, last podcast, you, you said you put out a um, a little poll to see what's better, right? Um, winning your or breaking records or like a close competition. Yeah, showdowns. Yeah. And this is literally the opposite of that. This is like the polar opposite of what makes a powerlifting meet interesting. And and again, I know it's the first year, and I'm, I'm very excited to watch it nonetheless. Like the fact that the IPF and SVD is putting out a money prize is like make me the happiest person in the world because it's just showing how much bigger powerlifting is getting. But I feel like someone like Taylor that um, just totals like 870, 880 IPF points uh, and could potentially get the same amount as someone who who gets a, like a significantly lower just because they win their uh, weight class or have the highest total. It's just kind of like, it's crazy to me. We'll, we'll see. I mean, it, it depends on, because just like, for instance, when your guys went to battle, and everyone was kind of leaning towards, I think Taylor's going to take this, and, and Taylor ended up taking it. But nonetheless, this was the best battle I had seen. So even when you see Brett Gibbs and Orhi go battle it out for however much money, and oh my God, if Taylor misses a list or whatever, and, and Orhi goes nine for nine. So it kind of depends. Like, I, I got you what you're saying, and um, and yeah, I'm sure they'll start, the, the, it's, it's all first new ground, but... It, it may or may not, because walking in the 74-kilo battle, everyone was, like, heavily slanted towards Taylor. You guys all said, I think Taylor's got the 74-kilo boys locked up. And then, nonetheless, it was, like, the best to watch. And everybody underneath battled it out, like, crazy for second, third, and, and whatever. So, who knows, man? We'll see. I, I, I Honestly, I think everybody's going to watch with bated breath. And then afterwards, I am sure SPD will have a meeting and... Be like, all right, how do we keep making this more and more spicy? It's a good step in the right direction, nonetheless. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's it's amazing that they even had the idea in the first place. So, like, everything <laughs> I'm saying is, like, for the future. But nonetheless, like, the fact that they had the initiative to do this is is great on them. For Austin, sorry, I heard the future. <laughs> Yo, you got to change your name, dude. That's I feel like I've mixed it up so many times. <laughs> He's got to keep it. He's got too much to work with now. The wordplay is phenomenal. He's good. Yeah, I love it. You know, he gave it to me. It's his fault. It's his fault. It it's just happened. Fault. It just happened. And the villain just happened perfect, too, man. Everybody's sliding into their roles. Um, we got Taylor King. That was easy. I'm not sure we got anything from Michael yet. It'll come to me. Black, hey, Black Panther. Black you gave him a Black Panther picture, so what's wrong with that? Dude, it's, it's dope. It's dope. I like it. Sounds good. Listen, fellas. Um, we're, oh, sorry. Did you have, uh, I thought you were perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be here to take some pictures and post stuff. We're closing in on... Wait, wait. Was that why you wore all black, Mike? That's right. 
Um, it, it wasn't, but I'll just say it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's copying me from Worlds. I got it. Oh. <laughs> I'm joking, man. I'm joking. So we're closing in on, a, on hour 45, fellas, and these podcasts are dope. We got to keep doing them. Um, thank you for giving the time to hop on here. Like, not just... It's not just for us, but like powerlifting in general needs this kind of heat going into the nationals. Needs this kind of heat coming out of the nationals, going into the next worlds and next nationals as well. So appreciate the time. I know it's not easy to talk to the guys you're going to compete against. So you know it's it's it creates tension and pressure. And you guys, when you when you say the things you say, it puts pressure on you, but it also builds anticipation for everybody watching. Like it's needed. You guys, the reason you guys came on here, put yourselves out there, made some big, you know, boasts and, and claims, and because of that, everybody cared. And then when Ricky hops out there and people are booing, and by the end they're cheering, you realize that you did your job. People are posting in the Instagram stories that I'm reposting, and other people besides yourselves are posting, I'm on Team Atwood, I'm on Team, you know, Austin Perkins or whatever. Um, it gets people going, so like you're doing your job, and I appreciate it. Is there any anything you guys want to say before we let you go? Any last race eight hundred? That's it. Race eight hundred. Hashtag race eight hundred. And the race is yeah. on. There's a hashtag really? for twenty twenty. Race eight hundred. Mm-hmm. I like race to the race to the money. Race to the money. Hey, grab grab all the chips. I'm grabbing all. Hey, dude. Forget the king. Just call me Lays. Well done. On that note, we'll top it off there, fellas. Thank you very much for coming on. We'll keep in touch. And until next time. All right. Peace. See you later, man. And there you have it. Um, I mean, <laughs> like the screenshot there. Uh, yeah, I mean, these fellas lived up. In terms of the drama, what do you want? Do you want competitiveness, not just a one, one, two battle, but you want one through ten? Check. Do you want changing a momentum? Check. You want drama? They they had it all. You had heroes, you had villains, you had the pizzazz that Austin Perkins brought. Um, I mean, it was the 74 kilo boys, in my estimation, put on a phenomenal show, and it is just a preview of what's gonna happen at next at next year's nationals, and a preview to the SPD invitation. And um, I'm excited because, look, if they prove nothing else, it's that even if you think, all right, I think the number one spot should be locked up, and everyone was saying that about the 74-kilo battle with Taylor, if you go into SPD Invitational and you think, well, I think Taylor's locked up, you cannot look. The drama is going to be thick right through. You're going to have battles. You're going to have upsets. Taylor, believe me, still has to be 100%. Because if Taylor isn't 100% and Russell Orr, he is, or Brett Gibbs is, yes, one of them could sneak in and take first. And even if Taylor comes in first, what happens with the battle between Brett? What happens between um, him and Orhi? And I can't wait to see the rubber match. In boxing and MMA, they call the third fight, when both guys are one and one, the third meeting is called the rubber match. It, that match between Orhi and Gibbs, 100% Gibbs, 100% Orhi. I mean, we've seen Gibbs had bad days and Orhi had bad days, and either one of them could defeat each other on a bad day. Who doesn't want to see that showdown? Oh, and by the way, going into the women's showdowns and everybody else who's showing up, fighting their way for records and whatnot. I think the SPD invitation is going to be good, and it's only going to get better year after year. So I'm excited for the future. So there you have it, and I'm not just talking about Austin Perkins, but I am excited for Austin Perkins. 
So there you have it. Um, give me your, your, you know, your feedback in terms of all of this. Um, DM me. I get tons of DMs whenever, whenever these things drop. And if you got any questions, I will do my best to hit you back. Post this up in your Instagram stories. Give us high ratings. Subscribe. YouTube, whether it's the audio uh, podcast platform, and uh, show our support, man, because this is how we're going to make everything grow. Until next time, six-pack lap of that. Peace.